This is the SFF Audio Podcast. This is Jesse. And I'm Scott. And I'm Luke. Hello, Luke. Hey. This is Luke Barrage. Did I say your last name correctly? Uh, you can say it that way if you want. I say Luke. <laughs> All right. You say Luke B- what? Barrage. Burridge. Luke Burridge. Oh, it's like Burridge, okay. but with B at the beginning. Excellent. It's not from spelled France. Like. Burrage. 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 Yes. No, I'm from well, England, welcome. so it's Luke Burridge. Burridge. Yeah. <laughs> if you were from the United States, it would be Burridge. <laughs> Burridge. Yeah. No, I don't know. What, how would it be, Scott? Well, in the, in, in the United, United States, States, whenever I've got... Whenever I've gone to the United States, they will say Luke Barrage because they don't know how to pronounce it. So that's, that's right. That, that's how we say foreign yeah. names. We just yeah. say Barrage. It doesn't matter where you're from. It's just foreign. Always or, make or it how it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> if you were American, it would be Boo Rage. Boo Rage, yeah. Oh, man. That's good. <laughs> well, right. it's okay. Well, if welcome. Jesse was in England, he would be Willis. Jesse Willis. <laughs> yeah, Jesse that's Willis. true. Although, although and the Willies in in the UK means something different, you know. I mean, it's 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 actually quite a a, a naughty word in the UK in England, Willies. Oh. But there you go, Jesse Willies, Jesse Willies, Jesse Willies. <laughs> All right. The Willies Jeep. <laughs> anyway, interesting well, start to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, Luke uh, joins us from the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. Um, tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Oh my podcast is uh, at Science Fiction Book Review Podcast uh, sfbrp.com I guess is the way to get there. Uh, It's just a podcast where literally I read a book and then I review the book and then I put the review uh, as an audio file up online and people download it and listen to it. So it's one book per podcast and whenever I read a book I do it. So it's not like a set schedule. So if I read three books in one week you get three reviews in one week, and if I read one book over three weeks, yeah, it's that kind of thing. So it's 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 quite casual, quite um, you know, as and when. So uh, so there it goes. But very in depth. Oh, well, I say it wouldn't be in depth, but quite in depth into each book. Between it goes about tw- between twenty and forty minutes per book. So uh, that's it, really. I guess. Yeah. I'm just getting. And that's been going over a year. Is that right? Yeah, I started it about a year ago. Well, actually, I started thinking about it a lot longer ago, but. Uh, I was always doing other things and had different projects, but I thought, no, just, you know, it'd be going to be like a, a new year, new project for 2008. So I started it um, then, even though I'd sort of done test recordings a long time before then, I started putting stuff up in, in like early 2008 and then moved stuff around into a different website afterwards once I realized what I was wanting to do. And yeah, so uh, there's what, 40, 45 reviews up there now, I think, mm-hmm. of, of the... Of the, but only science fiction. That's all I do. No, no fantasy. Even though I read fantasy and I read lots of different styles uh, of fiction or different genres of fiction, and uh, also lots of non-fiction and things like that, I uh, I concentrate my reviews very much on science fiction, which is good in a way I think because it's it's like a good focus. Um, and that's the reason why I started doing it, because there was lots of different places online who would just review it, but there'll only be text reviews, whereas I wanted to do a podcast which concentrated just on one book or one uh, one thing like which is what like just books because a lot of podcasts they would have a section about uh, section about uh, movies and then a section about comics and then a section about TV shows and then they'd they'd read one book a month and I just wanted to just concentrate on just the books 
mm-hmm. just the novels. Um, no, I so think it's actually it. interesting because uh, I, I think you're actually uh, sort of alone in that no one else really has this sort of concept uh, for a podcast already. I, I know there's lots of podcasts that do reviews of books or say they, they do, but really they're just promoting books. Um, but I don't, I, I can't recall any podcast that does a book a week um, or not even a book a week. Often there'll a be discussion whenever. panels yeah. like um, Kick-Ass Mystic Ninjas does, uh, you know, they, they, they get together and they talk about a, a book together. <laughs> but you're, uh, you're all by yourself. Yeah, I think this is a, a, a strength and a weakness. It means that I just review whatever I feel like reviewing. So if I see a book and it catches my eye, I just pick it up, read it, and I can just review it straight away. I don't have to wait for anybody else to read the same book. And I don't have to, uh, you know, if it was me and someone else. I do another podcast called the, you know, because I'm a professional juggler. And, uh, and I do a podcast with my girlfriend uh, it's sort of pod faded a bit recently, actually, but we do it, and it's the two of us together, and we host it together, and it's actually really good fun because you get the dynamic with the conversation. But it's hard to find topics that we both want to talk about, or things that we've both seen or both done, um, and it would be even harder with with something like this because, you know, I I pick up secondhand books and I pick up lots of different books just wherever it comes from. So, so that's uh, that's what I think is a, a good strength in that. Uh, I don't have to rely on other people to to keep up and read the same things as I do. Exactly. Uh, yep, yep. You do that a bit on this show, I guess, because you'll you'll get through the same releases and you'll often uh, of, of listen to the same um, audio book or same uh, audio play. But often you'll it'll just be one of you will have an opinion about something and the other one won't discuss it. Whereas I just want to get into a deep yeah. discussion just with myself. But well, then again. We also have the advantage, though, that uh, as an audiobook, someone may have read it as a paper book prior. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if we're, a lot of audiobooks are, the, the new releases are classic audiobooks, uh, or books, uh, I should say. Uh, so, uh, I've, I think you did a recently, you did a review of Gateway. And I've uh, read and, I guess, listened to Gateway. I think, Scott, you have as well. So, mm-hmm. so um, there's, even if we you know, didn't sit down together and say, hey, let's, let's talk about Gateway next week. Uh, yep. We have that background. Yeah, I guess that's good in a way, because uh, uh, some of the classic novels that I review, you know, I did a very long review of Dune, and I've sort of done Gateway. I should actually bring up the list of books that I reviewed here somewhere on my website. I've got the whole list. Um, but then there's other books, which will be a new release. So I, uh, you know, there's some books that are released in Europe or in the UK before they're least released in America. Sure. I think that's one of the latest uh, uh, Peter F. Hamilton book. So I actually reviewed that, and people said, "Wow, you you know you read it already." And I was like, "Yeah, it came out a the month Temporal ago in Void. in Germany." Yeah, the Temple Void I I reviewed, and I think it came out after I reviewed it in America. So that's another reason why I, I just do stuff. So again, I I don't have to again don't have to wait for other people to finish the book. And I think this is very important for me just to have the enthusiasm to do it. Is that mm-hmm. I one of the main reasons, or one of the I mean, there's lots of reasons why I, I do the podcast and do the book reviews, but uh, one of them is just so I can get uh, good feedback, um, well, not good feedback, good book suggestions from other people. And that has really sort of not so much widened my uh, tastes, but I've read books that I would have never read otherwise if it wasn't that people have suggested it 
for me. Some of it's been good, you know, some of it's been spot on and I really enjoyed it. Other things that people have recommended I haven't enjoyed so much, but uh, that's, that's something that makes it very interesting for me. Whereas if I had to, if I had to do it with somebody else, I would, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to rely that they also were interested in reading the same kind of thing as me. Right. Anyway. I'm just looking at your list, and um, it's it's definitely a science fiction list. Um, so, yes. So there's, uh, I guess, the closest thing we've got to fantasy on this list. I'm just looking through is the the China Mayaville uh, title. Yeah. That's right. Perdido Street Station. Yeah, that was actually a book that I read with. I I knew about it because I, I think it won some uh, science fiction awards and it was quite well known when it came out. So I, I sort of heard about it, but I, you know, is we sort of you see it in the shop and it's like this huge thick book. And for a new author, I was thinking, well, I'm not going to invest a huge amount of time into a new author uh, like that, you know, with with such a big book. But lots of people recommended it. I didn't realize it wasn't, uh, you know, people said it was like this. Um, not not cyberpunk, a uh, steampunk kind of style, which is a is a branch of science fiction I've not really read very much. So I thought, well, I'll try it out as that kind of thing. But yeah, it was it was a lot more fantasy based than I was expecting. I did enjoy a lot of it. You know, it's not that I don't enjoy fantasy. I read, um, you know, if you look at the list here, I guess I read thirty um, science fiction books a year, maybe a few more, um, and I only read maybe five fantasy books a year. It's just because I, I don't read so much, but I don't concentrate on that. So it's not like I don't like fantasy. It's just I, I think I can bring more of an expert or more knowledgeable um, eye to to science fiction than, than fantasy. Right. I think you, you said in a podcast recently that you had also uh, written some a novella-length or near-novel-length book. Yeah. Was that a yeah, science fiction book? Yeah, uh, yeah, my own fiction, and this is another reason why I've, well, I didn't start it off as one of the reasons why I did all these book reviews, is that, because I've always been interested in writing, but I've never really got much into it, I've got so many sort of first four or five chapters of, of novels, like, sitting on my hard drive, uncompleted, and then I'll start another one the next year, and so I've been doing this for years and years and years, but now it's only, it's only when I really started reviewing lots of books that I thought, oh, I'm going to give this a go, and I took part in the, the National Novel Writing Month last year, right. so it, mm-hmm. there was a few people that I knew um, who, were, who were doing the same kind of thing, we could sort of egg each other on, and that was, that was a help, but one of the reasons that I did that was because I was thinking, hey, wait a second, I'm reading all of these books, I'm reviewing them. I'm looking at them in a lot more detail now. It's understanding actually what I like about science fiction and what I wanted to read. So um, the the book, uh, the, the the novel that I wrote there, uh, if, you know, novel novella it depends what it is. I think this is a, this is a strange thing. I was just having a conversation just at breakfast. We had lots of people around, and I was talking to a guy about um, about my writing. And I was saying, uh, you have a word for, uh, in German, you know, have a word for novella, which means a short novel, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we had a big discussion about what makes a novel and what makes a novella. And, uh, and yeah, so I think the first book I, I, I wrote now, that even, even though it's cut down to only like under 50,000 words, I would call it a novel, not because of the length, but because more of the themes. It's sort of like a, a much wider spread book. It takes place over about 20 years and lots of different sort of storylines all wound and we woven in together and then the book that i just finished two days ago is 
is like 35,000 words, but it's very novel. It, no, no, it's very much more like a novella because it takes place over like two and a half days. You know, the story starts and then two and a half days it finishes and you sort of follow two characters very closely throughout it, uh, throughout the, the time there. So I think I, I actually really quite like that kind of length of novel. Quite a lot of the, the books that I rate highly are, are, are quite short, you know, around that 200, 250 page length. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I really enjoy that length of fiction to read. Um, and to be honest, because I'm sort of starting out as a fiction writer myself, even though, you know, I'm, I'm, nothing's nowhere near published and I'm not even interested in publishing stuff, to be honest. It's, it's more of a, uh, of a personal, personal kind of thing that I like to share with maybe the listeners of the podcast. Um, that's the style, that's the, like the length of, of fiction that I think I'm capable of writing. And it's that length that I think is, is where I would have most to say. You know, I, I'm not going to write the, the, like the temporal void, dreaming void kind of trilogy that Peter F. Hamilton's written, you know, each book running to 800 pages, and there's three of them. You know, I don't have enough to say to fill that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not a, I, I can't <laughs> build the worlds to be able to say that kind of thing, but if it's going to be, you know, 200 pages about of a specific kind of uh, uh, character or, you know, the set of people, I, I think I can, I can say something new with science fiction or w- with, with the genre in that way, but not, not longer. But uh, yeah, I think I think actually reviewing books in depth has has definitely definitely helped me with my writing, and that's I guess another reason why I do reviews. Um, but not the main reason. I think the main reason is just because I really enjoy science fiction, and I really enjoy talking about science fiction. Uh, but I don't have that many people to talk about it to or with. Um, and by doing a, a podcast, I can get some really good discussions going on by email and, and people sending stuff from that. I, pretty much everyone who sends me an email, I spend a few, you know, I, I, I reply to the emails. I get maybe, what, an email a day or maybe, let's say 10 a week or something like that, 10 emails a week. More if I've just put out a podcast and people recommending books and people discussing things I've talked about and, and saying, oh, you said this, but I think that. And, and it really... Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's really it's really interesting, and that's that's what the reason I do it. It's sort of like as a discussion with with the listeners. I guess I, uh, I again, it's it's difficult to judge numbers, but it's that there's enough people who listen to the podcast that we can have this really good conversation about science fiction, about um, uh, writers that we like, and all that kind of stuff. It's very important. Apparently, Richard Morgan listens to your podcast too. Well, no, I don't think he listens to. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he listened to all of them, but because uh, I heard a, the thing is, I he wrote a book called Black Man, which I thought was really not a very good book. There was some stuff of interest in there, but he made the the cardinal sin for me, which is to make an unlikable character, but he was unlikable and not very interesting. And that's that's sort of like a death. That's death of a book to me when when I'm reading it and just like, okay, that wasn't interesting. That was predictable. That's boring. And, and you know, there was nothing in the book that I found very redeeming about it. Um, even though it had all this, it seemed to have all of the different uh, ingredients of his other books that I really like. With his Altered Carbon book, I thought was really quite interesting. And you know, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, it's a very uh, positive review. I listened to that a couple of days ago. Yeah, and uh, again, there's I have I, there, I think there's lots of criticisms you could make about Altered Carbon that it is uh, derivative in some ways and that but the point is that when I was reading it ev- like on every few pages I'd be like going yeah you know and there's huge plot holes in it and everything but as you're reading it 
it's interesting. You know, even though the main character is despicable, you actually, what he's doing, I actually found quite interesting and quite fresh. And the, the ideas behind it is sort of like, hey, that's good. Of course, it's, it's all about the sort of backing up your minds to computer. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a very strange thing. Like, there's like a massive plot hole. It's sort of like, okay, if you back your, back your computer up, if you lose the backup and you lose your computer, you're gone. But say, you make two backups and you keep them in different places. You know, it is that simple kind of thing that destroys the entire world of the book and the whole story. But it doesn't matter because, you know, that, that's sort of written out, that, that's not included in the rules. And, that we, and so we go on a different journey. Where, and I thought that was really interesting. So anyway, Richard Morgan, he did, a, uh, he did an interview with the Starship sofa podcast guys with Hi. tony from there and he was saying oh lots of people don't like the um don't like the sex and they don't like the violence in my books and i just wrote wrote up an, an email to richard morgan <laughs> saying um i actually said no i really i really enjoy it that you put the violence and the in the sex in there because it really adds a lot to your stories and i think it works really well i said except of course black man where i uh, i i thought it was more gratuitous and just you know it just wasn't needed. Well, it wasn't that it wasn't needed. It was just boring. You know, he was writing action, and I was just like, okay, this, <laughs> this guy's going to... Your baby is ugly. That's yeah. what you just wrote him an, an email. Yeah, but I didn't... No, I, I, was, actually very, uh, I was actually very supportive of his, of his earlier novels, because I think, I think the uh, earlier of his earlier novels were really good, and I was, really enjoyed them. But Black Man, it was, I think it was mainly because it was such a disappointment. Your uh, new baby just, is ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, your fifth baby. Yeah. Not as pretty as your first. Uh, but no, it was, it was just like that, and I just said, yeah, so I... First three. Uh, it was just a, it was just sort of like a, just a comment saying, "Hey, really enjoy the interview that you did. I really uh, agreed with what you said, except that um, I guess it didn't it didn't work for me in your latest novel." So of course he then went and listened to the review that I did, and, and yeah, there was a bit of emails back and forth about that. But um, it was it's very strange actually to do a review and then have the author who has that who wrote the book that you did a review of then review your review and that was sort of like this weird kind of thing where uh, that i was having to try and defend some points well i didn't actually try and defend that many points uh, in the in the in the email hey he'll listen to this now and he'll he'll review this me <laughs> talking about the review, the review. The review. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah but it's it's all right i mean again it's nothing personal and we actually said like both of us said in the emails that we yeah got to have a frank discussion otherwise it's no point if, if all you're going to do is kiss the ass of your favorite author um, there's no point in any discussion. And that's really important, I think, is that I will, you know, like you said before, there's these podcasts who say they're book review podcasts, but all they do is they, they get on the author and the author talks about them and they're like, oh, it's just the most amazing book ever. Because I really like, enjoy, I, I enjoy listening to interviews with review, authors. Though. Yeah, but you can't, you don't know anything about the, the fiction uh, about it, which is, which is a real pity. Um, I, Again, I don't want to concentrate on the negative reviews that I've done too much. It's that I, I listened to this um, writing workshop with Robert J. Sawyer, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I mean, this guy really knows what he's talking about. But the, the book that I picked of his to, to, to read, of like the first book of his that I read, not his first book, um, I really didn't rate. So I, I'm really looking forward to reading other, see if I can, you know, it's just to, to actually see, put it yeah. this way, he, he, he said stuff in his, in his um in his workshop, which I agree with 100%, and I thought I would like, oh yeah, well, I'll definitely like all of this guy's fiction, but I, I guess that the book that I read was, it, it wasn't like a standalone novel, it was actually a serialization of short stories, or... Calculating well, no, it was, 
No, no, no it was hominids. Yeah, hominids. hominids. That's right. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was written... serialized in, in analog, but it wasn't a collection of short yeah. stories, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, that's, sorry, that's what I'm, I, I got mixed up. Yeah, it was, a, it was a serialized novel, which I think if I was reading that as, as a serialized, you know, if I was reading it every one, one section every few months, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more um, because, you know, than, than the actual final uh, product. Um, because I, I only afterwards, when I actually read, when I found out that it was serialized, did I did I actually realize uh, where a lot of the flaws came from? And I think if it had been edited a bit better, it could have got a lot more. Uh, it would have been a lot better, which which is a pity. Uh, I I uh, quite liked your review. Um, I I think that was the first one I listened to on your podcast. Um, yeah. And this sort of speaks to what uh, we were talking about before uh, about the purpose of reviewing, in that. Um, I think it's uh, many people read the review after they've read the book, and yep. in part perhaps to better form their own opinion. And my opinion of that book was it wasn't his best. Um, and I also noticed that I didn't follow up and read the second and third book. I actually bought them, but I actually didn't read them. Um, and I think it is part because I'm not a big fan of series, but. But also, uh, all the all the complaints you had were definitely in my mind, but I just didn't seem to um, find them as annoying as you did. I, you seem to be almost uh, affronted by the by all the all the things that I thought. Yeah, it's just not great detail. It's you know, um, but I, I think you made a couple of really solid points with regard to um, the way the plotting happened. You know, you've got people sitting around in a cabin not doing anything and. Just yeah, for like half the color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't. It, it, again, it, that was uh, that review. I think I uh, I did run long. Uh, it was because I was a bit annoyed at the time. I'd I'd injured my back. <laughs> I know it's it's really weird to say this, but I was stuck down in South America, and I really didn't want to be in South America anymore. I needed to get. I wanted to get home or get moving, and I was being denied entry into the United States because my next job was up there, and there was all this kind of stuff going on. I thought, well, I'm just going to review this book. And to be honest, I did go a little bit overboard, but I was on a lot of medication at the time. <laughs> uh, so again, it's sort of like this weird thing that people sort of respond, always respond a lot more to the to the books where I give a negative review, and uh, maybe because they want to defend it or, or something like that. I'm not really, I'm not always entirely sure what what people, why people do that. I mean, some of my favourite reviews that I've ever given, uh, like for example, the 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 Dune review of Frank Herbert's Dune. Um, I'm really proud of that because I think I, I taught, you know, a lot about different, you know, a lot about the uh, the stuff that's great about it. And I think that would be a good introduction if people have never read Dune before and they want to understand what's going on. I think that podcast would be a, a real, you know, if 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 they listen to that podcast, they'd, they'd think, okay, I've got to read this book. And there's lots of other books mm-hmm. that I've, I think I've, I've reviewed in that way, uh, which should really you know would would really uh make people interested in it you know if you if you look at the on my on the sfbrp.com there's a wiki page uh, where, where i list all of the books not just in the order that i reviewed them but also by like the star rating that i give them sort of like how much i enjoyed them and uh, and if you listen to the ones that i give good you know like good reviews to it's just you know it, it really is like an encouragement it's like yeah read this book read this book there's a lot of stuff but then there's you know there's the books at the other end which is you know when i've actually got more to chew on in the in uh of course it's always more incendiary uh mm-hmm. in that way 
Whereas other, there's a, one, another review that I, I really liked was with um, Nightfall by Isaac Asimov from Robert Silverberg because I remember really loving this book when I was younger and I realized that I didn't love the novel. Of course, I had only read the short story and really enjoyed the short story. People say it's like the best science fiction short story ever. I don't, I don't agree, but it's a good one. No, it's not. It's actually it's a good premise and it's a bad story. Yeah, but I'm saying the, there's there's interest. But the point that I sort of teased out of it, or one of the main points that I teased out about it, is it works well as a as a short story because it takes as long to read as the events in the short story take to happen. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So there's going to be there's going to be for the first time in two thousand years or whatever it is there's going to be an eclipse, and the eclipse is just starting as the as the short story begins and it ends at the end of the, you know, and the, no, the eclipse sort of comes into, what do you call it, totality. Yeah, totality. Um, So the totality happens at the end of the book, and then, of course, you you read into it, all hell breaks loose from here on. And that's, even though that's not a, uh, I guess it's it's not a a, a well-established kind of thing for for short fiction. I mean, maybe, it, you know, authors do really think about it, but that, I think, is one of the main appeals of the short story, and that's one thing that I, I, I... sort of take away from a short, that short story that everything takes place in the time that it takes place in the, in, you know, the, the reading takes as long as the narrative, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, of course, it all fell apart in the novel and everything else seemed to fall apart in the novel as well. So it, it, it's not overwhelmingly negative. It's sort of like uh, sort of teasing, teasing apart what, makes a, what, what mm-hmm. can make a good novel and what doesn't make a good novel. And, uh, of course, the, uh, the other reviews that I've done of, of the, the books that I really enjoy, for example, Ian M. Banks' Use of Weapons, again, I think that's sort of, you can really get into the, to the bottom of something, but at the same time, which is really difficult, is to do it without spoiling the book. And this is the interesting thing about doing reviews with spoilers and reviews without spoilers. You think, okay, I'm going to read the book uh, that I... Um, that I've already no read the review of the book that I've already read, already listened to, uh, to to sort of get a deeper understanding about it, which is good in a way. But I always try to not put in any spoilers or not put any major spoilers. I always leave enough in the book that I know that people enjoy. Um, so there's lots. I get lots and lots of emails of saying, "Oh, you you reviewed um, the day of the Triffids, and I read it, really enjoyed it, spot on for that one." And I'm like, "Great, that's good, because that's what I want people to go away from." Whereas other people who had read Day of the Triffids already listened to the review, and then I get different emails from those kind of people. So yeah, I never, I really dislike spoilers in reviews because I think if you're good enough at reviewing, you can review a book without spoiling it. Uh, I, yeah. I think spoilers are kind of an interesting situation too, though. Um, uh, because I, I find myself not worrying so much about them as I used to. Um, I, I think the first time I realized that spoilers don't really make a difference is when I watched the movie Alien 3. I loved Alien so much, and I thought, yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that my experience of Alien 3 is pure. I didn't know much about it, and I didn't want to know much about it. I wanted to go into the theater never having seen a commercial, not having known a detail. And in a way, I guess that that was good. The, the opening seemed all right. And then by the end, it, it was like I I didn't mind if somebody had spoiled it. In fact, it probably would have been pretty good if somebody had spoiled it for me because that was not the movie I wanted to – I was hoping for. Um, yeah. I think, you know, uh, the title – of the story Nightfall. I mean, everybody really knows that story. Yeah, and you, of you course. can still go back and reread it, and you can get something out of it, even if you don't know um, what's happening. I, I, in your review of Perdido Street Station, you talked about how you tried to approach the book as if you were 
living in the 19th century um, and seeing if you could enjoy it on that level. Yeah. I, I thought that that was an interesting an interesting way of <laughs> approaching a, a problem with the book. In it seemed to it seemed to be a problem with too much magic, too much this, too much that. that well, yeah, I guess it was because it was recommended to me as a science fiction book, and uh, I didn't realize actually how full of fantasy it was. So I sort of came across it in one kind of mindset, and I realized, oh, my mindset is wrong to enjoy this book. You know, it's sort of like. Um, like some films, they sort of flip around halfway through. I guess the the best example is uh, before. No, what's it called? From dawn till dusk. No, from dusk, dusk till dawn. Yeah, I got them mixed up. Sure. I was thinking of before sunset, and I'm thinking that oh, well, it's a really different film. Um, <laughs> no, the yeah, uh, yeah. From that film, it starts off a sort of gangster movie. Well, not gangster, but you know, sort of crime movie, and turns into turns into uh, zombie. What's it? So, not, no, I was going to say some vampire, vampire movie. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's sort of like you're, you're going in. But if you knew it was going to be a vampire movie, that switch halfway through, you you could see it. You know it was going to come. Actually, there's another film, another vampire film. that I, Again, it's sort of those films that you sort of sit down and you don't hear anything about it. Like you got it from the rental shop, right. but somebody else rented it and you don't know about it. That's what happened to me with a film called Blade. Um, with Wesley Snipes, of course, and they put it in, and they press play, and we're like, oh, okay, so there's some, and like the opening scene is they go into a club, into this nightclub, and suddenly these sprinklers come on, and blood drenches everything, all the vampires go out, and we're like, oh, it's a vampire film then, oh, okay, so you had to sort, you have to sort of like put your, your supernatural vampire kind of head on, uh, yeah, and and enjoy it in that way, Um, so, and that's, that's the kind of different heads, that's the kind of different hats that I put on when I, when I read different genres of fiction, in a way, and 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 I thought that maybe with Panino Street Station, it it's not that it was more magic and fantasy. It was that I didn't know, I didn't understand the, no, put it this way, I didn't immediately grasp that that's the kind of, it was that sort of more, like, almost like a high fantasy, but put, well, not even high fantasy. I'm, I don't even know how to, because it is just so, everything is so weird and so everything's so off the wall that when new technologies were suddenly just randomly introduced, I'm like, okay, you know, how would I feel about this if I was living in that time, if I was living in the, whatever the name of the city of Pedido Street Station was, you know, how would I approach it then and, and what would I think and, and are the characters therefore doing the right kind of stuff? Uh, but again, I really enjoyed the, the setup of the book. The first half of Pedido Street Station is awesome. I mean, there's loads of stuff going on, really good stuff, lots of politics stuff. But then the second half, it just really does just become a, a monster movie. Uh, well, not a monster movie, like a monster story, like a uh, just a bug hunt, which, again, I like that as well, but not when it sort of just discards the promise of the beginning of the book. Um, like my own second, like my own second like, novella that I've just finished... I say finished. I've just sort of got to the end of the story of the of the first draft. You know, there's still a lot of work to do on it. And that's a monster book because I really like monsters and things. You know, I really like you know people coming across like uh, acts of or creations of nature and then having to deal with them. No problem at all about that. I, I've just finished reading The Time Machine by H.G. Wells, and it was only reading it again now that I realised how much of a like of a horror kind of monster movie that is. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, in the same way that I guess, well, not in the same way, but it has sort of like these same kind of ideas of um, I am legend, you know, Madison's kind of idea there where it's sort of like, okay, we're talking about monsters, talking about zombies or some kind of thing, you know, but they're not really, you know, it is science fiction. And I think the time machine really brings, you know, it really brings that out as well, that you can, that you can have these, uh, you know, sort of monster horror kind of ideas coming in. But um yeah, I, I, I can't remember the point I was making did a, I recently did a review of uh, Inferno, 
by Larry Niven and Jerry Purnell. And I've not read it. It's um, it's it's pretty simple. <laughs> uh, guy dies and goes to hell. Um, he's a science fiction writer, and he ends up in uh, basically Dante's Inferno. Um, but I, I had trouble classifying the book as either science fiction or fantasy because the character has a uh, very hard science fiction bent, and he's our viewpoint character. He's telling the story. But the world he's in is fantasy because okay. the laws of physics do not work. Um, people don't have to breathe. Um, uh, they, you know, they, they, can't, they can't be killed. They can only be wounded and painfully uh, injured. But you know, their skin grows back, their face grows back, their bodies grow back. Um, and as the character goes through the novel, he starts off believing that you know he's been captured by aliens, um, that the the whoever created this amusement park is uh, you know uh, a very powerful alien. He, you know, he invokes Clark's uh, dictum or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. It is. So he's trying to find science fiction explanations for fantasy. Well, or not science fiction explanations, but at least hard, uh, you know, skepticism. Oh, hard science. Yeah, that's hard what I mean. Hard science that's what explanations, yeah. yeah. Um, and trouble. And about halfway through the book, he sort of gives in and says, you know what, okay, um, this guy I've been calling Big Juju who created this place must uh, <laughs> really be, you know, uh, the devil or God yeah. or whoever. Um, I don't need to make a big distinction between. Um but uh, that that display between what our expectations are based on his his own dialogue and and the world he's in, I thought actually worked very well. But it feels like uh, you know Larry Niven is in this world rather than um, just a regular yeah. character. And I, I I think that's just because he's a science fiction writer. Uh, but yeah, of course you're gonna you're gonna take his you know you're gonna say oh this is him. Of course, yeah. it's sort of like, yeah, I understand that. So, no, I mean, it sounds, like a, it sounds like an interesting premise for a book. Uh, yeah, um, you know. but the pro- here's the problem. They've just done a sequel. <laughs> um, and I did check it out, Scott. Um, the book, oh. the sequel is about uh, uh, one and a half times the length of the original. Mm-hmm. As okay. predicted by you? Yes. Mm-hmm. As is that a good sign or a bad sign? Well, it can't be good. Um, short, shorter books are. You you were saying how long a novel is and such. I think uh, a novel should be able to fit in your back pocket. A novel, a, no, a novella should be able to fit in your your front shirt pocket. And uh, anything that doesn't fit in, in your pocket shouldn't be read um, unless you've got uh, you know <laughs> special circumstances. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind longer books as long as the as long as it can. You know, it it pays off. You know, some some of the books by, like I said, uh, one of the recent, actually the last review that I did. I mean, because I, I finished it a while ago, uh, was uh, Matter by Ian M. Banks and other Ian M. Banks books. They take up the full six hundred pages or something, five hundred six hundred pages. Yeah, I've got no trouble because he actually says a lot with them. You know, and he takes the characters on longer journeys and they do lots of stuff. And you know, it actually matters. You know, it's sort of like okay. If I had to take stuff out of this book to compress it down to 250 pages, would I be able to do it? And his other books, you go, no, you can't. Um, whereas Matter, it's sort of literally there's like 200 pages of just waffle in the middle. And uh, yeah, and that's the same thing with the Perdido Street Station as well. It was like a huge, long, chunky book. It could have been cut down to probably around about half the size. 
Um, and I would have, I'd have just ripped straight through it and thought it was like awesome, you know, just a really great book. Um, Here's a question so, for you. I, yeah. that I was thinking about while I was listening to your podcast. Um, you, you mentioned, I think, about matter. You were saying um, it needed somebody to go in there and tell them to take take that out. I think that maybe the problem with why books are so long now is that um, the editors aren't doing their jobs like they used to, which was to actually say, you know, this is too long. You you don't need this. You don't need that. Basically, what they're doing is they're 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 um, buying the book and then um, making a couple of suggestions and and then taking the second revision. Uh, to be honest, I don't think I know enough about the internal workings of editors' either. relationships. To be honest, I think it's just that people now are more used to um, longer books. I think it's just like a, a creeping progression over time that people are expecting the longer books. And in fantasy, they're expecting the long cycles of books. And it feels like people are getting their money worth, money's worth. It was a strange thing that um, uh, who – I can't remember the name of the author now. Um, but he put out a book. In the UK, it was called On Chesil Beach. Do you know? Um, no, it doesn't sound Ian McEwan. Ian McEwan. Uh, so he, he uh, not science fiction writer, but he's, you know, a literary writer, whatever you call him. And uh, so he puts out his books. And this was a re- really short. It was like novella length. I guess it's like 120 pages. And it wasn't that people were complaining about it, but it was something like really noticeable. It's like, oh, this is only this long. Oh, like, uh, you know, it's a really short book. But he told the story that he wanted to tell in that time. And he, he took the amount of time that he needed to tell the story and it happened to be that long and I just wish more authors were more willing to do that it's sort of like okay how long did the story of say hominids no that's a bad example because that's actually quite a short book you know you can it's, it's 300 like, pages or so yeah so I mean it's a, that's a bad example because I actually really I thought it was interesting that for it was a well such a well written book in that I just kept on turning the pages there was never a point where I thought I'd ever stop reading that book because it was so well written and you know the conversations were actually interesting in some ways you know mm-hmm. um, whereas matter it's like okay how long could he have told that story and i'm thinking 300 pages 250 pages and of course if you want to explore more themes or bring you know threads and have all this different kind of stuff going on sure do it but i i think sometimes that's put in at the expense of a good book whereas lots of the 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 books that i rate so highly for example the forever war by joe helderman i think i gave that quite a uh, a nice rating of enjoyment and and uh and yeah, again, the the one that I just finished, the Time Machine. It's it's like I don't I don't know how long it is. It, it must because I I read it on my iPod as a as a, a book reader on my iPod. Um, it's about a hundred pages, I would say. Yeah, it's probably around about hundred hundred and twenty pages or something like that. But he tells the story that he wants, and he gets so much in there, so so well, and it was so groundbreaking at the time. But back then, people expected that, and of course, that was a serialized novel at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think yeah, I just think it's like. I think authors, they're trying to sort of, like, oh, if I wrote a big chunky bucket, I'm I'm worth more as an author. Whereas, you know, sometimes sometimes authors will just write short stories because that's what they want to do. And I think more authors should just write books of 200 pages if that's the, story, if that's the length of the story that they want to tell. Well, uh, I, I, think, I, think, I think what you were saying about um, the Perdido Station one was... Um, there was. It wasn't that there was. There wasn't enough room for all the themes. It's that a lot of the scenes were n- giving you information that you really didn't need, like stringing out wire or something. Um, I find a lot of a oh, lot yeah, of the scenes about. could just be summarized by saying, you know, and two weeks later, after many conversations. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I, 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 I think it was just because uh, China Mayfield was just a bit too in love with his his creation there, his book. Right, not too in love with the book. Like he 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 built this city in his head, and every street was in his head, and every different aspect and everything was right there, and. Uh, and for him, it was really interesting to write about it. So they put, yeah, they put some cables across the city, and every street—it's literally—they plug, put this cable to here, and then across to that corner, and across this lamp state, and down here, and it went down underground here, and then they brought it back. And I'm reading, I'm thinking, okay, this literally could have been said. The the two groups met up halfway, each of them having strung their wire halfway yeah, across the city. Unless and thinking, the, he's, wow. you know, weaving an elaborate. Um, but at that point, he wasn't. It just became a bug hunt. It just became a monster movie, and they yeah. had to—they were trying to. And then when you actually get to the end, the whole trap that they'd set up, it was like, wow, they could have done that anywhere. They didn't even have to be in Perdido Street Station. You know, it's one of those really weird things that he it just kept on putting more and more descriptions in, whereas I could have done with half of the descriptions of the city. Because by the end of it, it's like, yeah, I know the city is dirty. But I think people should actually read. I do think people should read Perdido Street Station because I think it is sort of something different that you probably won't have read before. I mean, for me, it was like an experience to read such a book. But again, if... If you could get the abridged version, I don't know if there is one, but that would be a book where <laughs> I would say that if they edited out 200 pages, that would be like a much, much better book. Mm-hmm. And cut down on, they had these other thread, like these other uh, storyline threads at the beginning with the political stuff and it just gets dropped. And this other thing that's going on and that just gets dropped as well. And uh, yeah, anyway, I don't want this to be, this podcast just to be a review <laughs> of that book. Well, you know, uh, in in North America anyway, and I, I don't know this is this could be worldwide, but it, you know people are always talking about how science fiction is dead, or that it's past all the new. But at the same time, right now we're getting you know I think what they mean is that the American style is dead. The, the you know um, there's always been you know British science fiction writers and stuff, but but right now it seems like the proportion of um, British and Australian. Well, Alistair Reynolds is Australian, isn't he? No, he's Welsh. Is he Welsh? Okay, so Banks yeah, and okay. Reynolds and Myville and, and uh, Richard Morgan. Um, it's, yeah, it's like I was actually a... looking up the list here. There's like a, a, on the list of books that I reviewed for my podcast. There's like a lot of British yeah, authors. Yeah, of course, and, and I, I think British, you know I... if if uh, if you were in the United States doing this, you probably would have picked the same list of people to review. Um, Maybe. No, yeah. I think there's a couple. I think there's a few more British books in the in the British bookstore than there are. In, <laughs> yeah, I think well, that's so, so. I mean, uh, my question is: is uh, do you Similar. feel the same way over there in Europe? Uh, is science fiction flourishing there? Um, is it new and fresh, or or do you feel like it's on its way uh, somewhere where we don't know where yet? To be honest, I I. I don't. I really don't know about that, you know, because I don't just read the latest releases that come out. So, you know, every book that I read, it could be 50 years old. It could be come out this last month or something, you know. So, I, I don't think I have a. a, a I got. I think I've got a good understanding of the story of science fiction so far, but to uh, predict where it's going even now, uh, I just. I just don't know. I don't look at the book list figures. I don't look at the. Um, um, the, the the who's the top author or who's selling? I just I, I read the books that look interesting to me or sound interesting to me or that are recommended to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the quality is I don't think the quality is going down. You know, there's some uh, again. You mentioned Alistair Reynolds and Ian M. Banks. You know, this stuff just from the last you know that written in the last five ten years and stuff. I think it stands up as yeah. new and interesting compared to any uh, other people's. Yeah. Is fantasy um, well? Fantasy is very very popular in North America. Is it? Uh, Oh, it's fantasy is definitely more popular in in Europe than uh, 
than science fiction or maybe yeah, it yeah. sells more maybe it's just as a as a form of of fiction i think it sells more maybe because of the, the like the longer longer cycles of of uh you know it's, it's always a three book deal that they seem to get rather than yeah. a one book you know yeah. it's, it's 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 very strange for a science fiction author to go okay this is going to be a three book story you're gonna mm. if you start reading now you're gonna have to read three books whereas uh, in in fantasy that seems like a um a, a more of a standard kind of thing, you know. Yeah, so that's the strange. When they don't. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with science fiction, there will be three books in the series, but there'll be three standalone level uh, levels uh, novels, <laughs> like Richard Morgan with his Altered Carbon, and then you, he wrote two other books. But you, you don't start reading the first book knowing that you've got three books to go on. Whereas yeah. the Void trilogy with by Peter F. Hamilton, that is one of the books. You know, he, his books, you do know that you're going to do that. So, uh, but I mean, that's big space opera kind of stuff, which is which is almost fantasy in its own right. You know, I mean, I, again, it's sort of like a blurry line between the two, mm-hmm. but um, right, right. you can't just say, has it got spaceships? Yes, then it's science fiction, because, you know, just that kind of definition doesn't work. Right. Well, um, how, do you, how do you approach a review? <laughs> how do I approach a review? What I do, I, I, when I was doing, like, my test reviews, when I was sitting down and sort of thinking, okay, how am I going to do this podcast? I thought I would split it up and sort of approach the book from... First of all, as a book, like, when was it written? But I, I really don't go into the, the history of the author or other books that I read. I pretty much just go straight into it. And then I sort of start off with the world um, and sort of explain, like, the like the setup, where it's based or, you know, what the rules of the universe are, any, like, technology which is, like, completely integral to the plot, which, you know, is, yeah, I have to know. Then I'll talk a bit about the plot and then go into the characters and then go into some of the, maybe the relationship between the characters. So I start off on this like wide setting, and I mm-hmm. think about the whole book. Like, and, and I think that that way really helps me get a grips with the book. That like when I, uh, when I when I write up some notes, like for each podcast that I do, I write down maybe like twenty lines of notes of just sort of like, okay, here's one thing, here's another thing, here's another thing, you know. And it's sort of like when you're talking about the world, mention this, 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 and this. And then it's just. I guess it's like when I when I'm reading a book, I, I make some notes as I go through. So if something stands out, it's like okay, talk about um, I don't know this thing. I was trying to think of an example, and I couldn't think of anything mm. off the top of my head. Like with with the Gateway novel again, it's sort of like that's a, a classic. So when I was reading that, I was of course I made some notes. Okay, talk about the character of the psychologist, you know, and and you know, there's some interesting stuff to say about that. I guess it's just getting getting into the swing of it is what I do. I, when I'm, what was the question again? Preparing for the review. How do I start reviewing? Yeah, I, I guess I just I, I make a few notes, put them in order of you know that, and then I and then I press record and go for it. Um, but of course, I always when I finish a book, I always think about. I don't ever review it straight away. I always leave it like a day or two days and think about the kind of things that I want to say. Sort of more notes in my head about it. But that's the good thing about doing a podcast is that I don't need to write it long form. You know, I don't need to write the. Um, you know, I don't need to put it into good English as I'm writing it. So, like the fir- the take that I do of the of the science fiction book review podcast, that's that's what people get. And uh, sometimes it can be too rambling, like maybe like this podcast is today. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, it's 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 what you get. So it's more of a I I really think of it more of as a, a discussion of the book rather than just a review of the book. So if I get onto a point where I think it's worth going into more, I have the freedom to do that, and I will. And uh, and I made a deal with the listeners. I said, okay, uh, I think I I think if I have a bit more time on the podcast, I can say some more stuff which might be interesting. So I said for this review, I'm just gonna 
talk as long as I need to to get everything off my chest about what I like and don't like about the book. And it seemed like the response was all good. You know, lots of the emails came back saying, "Yeah, just just talk how long you want." So that's what I did, and uh, and that's it. So I think if I had to review a book for print and it had to come in at 500 words, I would really struggle. I think I'd really, really struggle to write anything in 500 words about any book that I've ever read, uh, because yeah, it's it's just I, I would find that too difficult. Mm-hmm. How about you guys when you when you do your uh, well, reviews for the website? I write two two different kinds of reviews. One of them is for a magazine that um, takes 125 words. Wow, so, that's yeah. So that's, that is more uh, like hey, this is what this book is, and it's good. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's the review. Um, and, you know, when we do an audiobook reviews, we also have to address the narration and, uh, you know, anything yeah. special that's in there. That's like another layer on top of the actual story and everything itself, right. isn't it? Yeah. And um, I think Jesse and I take a different approach on SFF Audio. I, I'm more of a shorter review writer, um, meaning I'm very worried about spoilers. Um, I, I never want to give those. Um, you guys were talking about that earlier, but um, no, I, I just like I, I just I like to give I spoil a spoil any books. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think you do either. I'm not saying that you do. I'm just saying that you you said earlier that you weren't as concerned about it. But for me, no, no, like I, I just in saying the reading. But I, I don't think I've ever spoiled a book. In um... no, that's I agree with you. If I if a book is spoiled for me, like if I uh, if someone recommends it to me and I I thought uh, I'm not sure and I get a second opinion and I read a review and the review mention something in the book when i get to that part in the book even if i realize it's a spoiler i don't i don't mind so much it's just that i don't want to i don't want other people to have to avoid my podcast because they they haven't read the book yet right. and I, I don't think it's up to me to spoil the book for other people mm-hmm. uh so yeah so it's, it's sometimes difficult to actually do a discussion of a book in depth and not spoil it so sometimes yeah. it can get vague and i'm like and there's this character and you'll understand when you get to this point in the book <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's it's a bit tricky yeah, yeah so yeah. So I, it I becomes a game like sort of dancing around in a circle around yourself to say, okay, and I, mm, and there's a, uh, and yeah. Strange. Oh yeah, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my my focus is trying to get out there, you know, what the book, what the flavor of the book is. If I can compare it to something, I'll do that. You know, uh, something else. Say this is kind of like this. Um, yeah. Address the narration and um, you know some comments about you know, what I thought was special about it. And, and I always find if, if I hated it or if I really liked it, though those reviews are easy to write. If I oh, yeah. feel kind yeah, of definitely. lukewarm about it, I, you know, those are hard to write. <laughs> In my, you know. my, I think the most interesting reviews that I do, or the most interesting for me is that if I, if I, if, if for me it's like a two and a half star book, you know, of, of like, Zero stars being I got one chapter in and chucked it at the wall. That's sort of like zero review. And five stars, it's like, okay, this is, you know, there's very, very few five-star books out there. You know, it's got to be something really special. I can't find anything wrong with it at all. But, yeah, it's sort of like those ones in the middle where I would say, yeah, sure, read the book. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> if someone asked me, should I read the book? I'd be like, yeah, go ahead. You know, you might not like it as much as me or, you know, maybe you'll like it more than me. You know, it's that, that kind of that kind of place there. And I actually find it, it's interesting to sort of get into those kind of sort of get my teeth into that i realized from the list of books that i've read you know there's loads of four star books and there's loads of two and a half star books and there's sort of like only a few three star books so it's those are the ones that i i find a bit strange you know where it's sort of like yeah it's decent but yeah read it you know it's yeah. sort of like oh what else can i say yeah it's a yeah. perfectly average good book mm. here's here's uh i wanted to ask you about this uh you've got this uh rating system 
of five yeah. stars. And one of the things that I... Rating, I, not ranking. That's very important. Rating, not ranking. Yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> well, I'm you know, not... when people say, what are your top five best... Oh, okay. Well, the top five books, and you go, oh, well, number one is this, number two is that, and you think, so is number one better than number two? And I'm like, yeah. no, they're sort of around the same. It's sort of like a, so my rating system is sort of very, very personal. It's like, how much did I enjoy this book? That's very yeah, but important. I also noticed that you changed the numbers. I believe there was a, the, you were saying, you know what? I, I can't believe I rated this one, this number. I think that one should go down. Did I? And then on oh, another no, yeah. show, you said, no, I'm going to keep it the same, even though I, I like it I like it now more in memory than I did at the time. Well, um, that was, I, I, did a, I did a review of 2008, all the books that I read in 2008. Right. I went back and I went, okay, what do I think about that? And I went back through, not in the order I reviewed them, but in like, okay, let me talk oh. about the zero star books. And then I got to the five star books. But there was this, I think it was just at the, at the beginning, I, I, what was the, one of the first books I read? Oh, yeah, The Door into Summer by Robert A. Heinlein. No, was it that one? I think, I can't remember. There was a, there was a few at the beginning there where I think I gave it a bit of a higher rating than I would have done now you know no now that I sort of know what I you know after reviewing 45 books I can sort of pick out the I, I wouldn't have put it that high among the others it but should have been like doing the ranking right <laughs> no I'm just saying that I I, I have to I, I didn't know what I was doing with the with the rating system there I thought it was a five a four and a half star book and it wasn't it was actually a bit lower <laughs> <laughs> but see the crank, that's, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Is the, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> well, the, the criterion of what makes something a five-star book, a four-star book, a three-star book, a two-star, like, that is, you have to have a deep background into explaining what the stars mean. Um, there's, a, there's a podcast, uh, science, I'm sorry, it's called the PC Gamer Podcast, and it's based on the PC Gamer magazine review. I really like the reviews in the magazine, and they do a, a long-form essay uh, review. They also do a, a rating out of 100 review. And on one of the podcasts, they talked about how um, they rate their their games, and they said, you know, the highest-rated game ever is a 98, and the lowest-rated game ever is like a 12 or something like that. But they do admit that the majority of the games actually come in between 60 and and uh, 80 or so. Um, so really, well, they... I think it's because what they're doing is they've sort of made a science out of it, haven't they? Like, okay, now we look at the graphics. How good are the graphics? How we look at the sound? How good are the sound? You know, whereas well, I look at, I look at how much yeah. did I enjoy this book, and that's that's it. That's the only thing that I said there. Uh, when I'm saying I, I readjusted them, is that I if I would enjoyed that book at 4.5, there's a whole lot of books that in there was like a whole range of different enjoyments above that that I didn't realize at the time, you know. So that's why I took it down. I think I took it down a bit. So yeah, it's it's for me, it's it's a hundred percent subjective, and that's why it comes down to a book like Perdido Street Station, where there's so much of it I enjoyed, but then so much of it I didn't enjoy, and that becomes really difficult then because I'm like, okay, so so which is it? And that, that's why it has to be sort of like in the middle there exactly uh, right exactly right but what i'm saying is you know it's like you're you, you have to think of it like the olympic judges you're deducting points for for problems you're uh you're adding points for originality and and then it, it does become an even a little math you know equation in your own mind when you're when you put a, a number you know a percentage out of uh Ten or five or whatever it is. No, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think I look at it that sort of. I don't deduct points or anything. Literally, it just goes when I finish a book. I just go, how much did I enjoy that? And then a day later, I was like, how much did I really enjoy that? 
And that, that's it. That's, that's really what it comes down to, you know. Uh, uh, let me actually let me just go to a website and, and pick up a, a book, you know. See if so. I'm not always talking about Pedido Street Station. Let me see if I can find a, uh, the uh, star ratings of all books reviewed so far. Yeah, just like for example, uh, one right in the middle of The Well of Stars by Robert Reed, you know, or Marrow by Robert Reed. There's there's huge amounts of book of that in that book that. Those other bits were a bit vague, and I was just like, "Wow, there's you know, I like the big world, I like the big construction, but there's you know, there's other stuff. Singularity Sky as well by Charles Stross. So much stuff in that book that I thought, "Wow, that's really good." But then, like, a story would have been nice. Uh, you know, it's that it's <laughs> a that kind story of story would have been nice. Oh, yeah, but there was there was lots of there was lots of good stuff in Singularity Sky, but when it came down to it, there there wasn't a whole lot going on, you know. Um, just, just for me. So it's that kind of, it's that kind of thing, you know. So like, yes, yeah, a two and a half. You know, I, I enjoyed it, but not as much as I could have. Mm. And that, but then when that's what I think about with the, with the with the stars and things. And then I will go through and review it and explain explain why. But I don't I don't go through the um, the review and then go, okay, how many bad points did I find in this book? And then how many good points did I find? And then make a total and divide it by five or something, you know? No, then, yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not saying you. You know, you're you're. Uh, you're doing a, a mental calculation. I'm saying it's like a, by 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 putting a number on it. Um, I think maybe it's um, it's going to change your uh, like. Here's the way I look at uh, uh, the reason why we don't have. Uh, and I I can't remember exactly, Scott. Can you recall um, when we started the website about why we didn't have? Uh, a star rating system? No, I, I remember we talked about it, but, um, you know, we ended up having kind of a top end with that uh, Essential logo. Right, but that uh, didn't but come in right away. No, it didn't. No, I don't That's remember like, why. you should really be listening to this one. Is that, was yeah, that it? It was exactly. sort of, we recommend, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so that's, it's like the, it's, I guess, the equivalent of editor's choice or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, the the way I I think that like I, I if I recall correctly the reason I didn't want to go with it is sort of an instinctual understanding that my opinion changes and that in writing in writing about it and talking about it and listening to other people talk about it um, my opinion of a book changes not just because uh, the fa- the facts of the book have changed but because of <coughs> because of something in my own mind. In writing the review, my opinion of the book changes rather than I'm writing down what my review is. If Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, of course, always the act of discussing something. You'll bring out more points and notice other things. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I get that a lot sometimes with films that I watch. I, I watch a film and I'm like, woohoo! And then I read a review of it and I go, oh yeah! And then someone else will mention something in a review and I'm like, oh yeah, that was a bit... And they sort of niggle on you, but I still have the woohoo kind of feeling. And that's, okay, and that's, yeah. that's, what I, that's what I review. I mean, that's what I was saying before with, like, uh, Altered Carbon. You know, you could, you could pick that book to bits. You know, there's so much stuff going on that you could just go, oh, but what about that? What about that? But, but as I'm reading it, and when I finish it, I'm like, woohoo! And that's why it gets four stars. <laughs> yeah, Do you well, understand? The, but that? but, but that, that four stars, you know what that, uh, that feels like to me? That feels like the spoiler for the review. Like uh, I feel, I feel like I'm reading the review, uh, the person's review of, of of whatever it is, and then I get the, I get the number, and I say, okay, now I maybe I don't have to read it. Like uh, if I see a 
if I see a, a movie that's, you know, got one star, I might read it just out of curiosity to see how much of a train wreck it was. But I'm more likely just to look, move on and move on to find something. Yeah, well, I, uh, I only list the, the star ratings, I think, on, on one page. It's not like, and I always do, do it at the end of the review as well. I'm, but, not, yeah, I'm not picking on you. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just no, saying no, I, in I understand that. Just, yeah, I, I do understand that. Sometimes I, I will. Uh, yeah, I'll, sometimes I'll only read a review if it gets one star or five stars. You know, so you know, right. even like, yeah, you, you're sort of going, okay, is this worth listening to? Um, yeah, I, I understand what you mean, but I, I, I try to. I, I do it just for a guide because if I have a huge long list of reviews, that's really difficult. What I actually do is when I finish my review and I upload it, I'll sometimes go across to Amazon.com and see what the peop- other people read it, you know, and see if I've picked up any points that other people pick up, you know, sometimes yeah. I'll do that. Uh, and the, that's really easy because they, they have of course lots of reviewers, so I'll read a few one-star reviews, I'll read a few five-star reviews, you know, and, and maybe a few three-star reviews, you know, to sort of pick out like a, a, a spectrum of them. Um, you know, and and that often gives you a good sort of feel for the book. Whereas if they didn't have that star rating there, I I wouldn't I wouldn't bother because I, I wouldn't know who I was reading because they have yeah, of course so there, there millions of reviewers there. Uh, you never yeah. know who you're reading. That's true. Uh, so so I think I just do it that people can sort of like at a glance get a sort of view of of what kind of kind of sort of the style of books that I like and the kind of fiction that I'm into. I think, um, yeah. So. I I think there's good and bad with star rated stars bits and pieces. The only other thing that I say is that I I, I don't like the star ratings where it's out of a hundred, but a book will very rarely get under um, under fifty yeah. percent. Right. And if a book if 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 it's rated out of a hundred and something gets fifty, it's not worth reading at all because that's almost like a zero star review. Whereas the way I do it is like okay, if something's got five stars, it's really really worth reading. If it's got two and a half stars, it's an average book. If it's got 0.5 stars then it's so bad i didn't finish reading it and if it's less than that i guess the the natural cutoff point for sort of like editors and it has to be published so if the book's not even published and it never even appealed to me in the first place you know there's no name recognition no it wasn't even on the bookshop shelf i had to you know have it printed off myself from some kind of i don't, I don't know you know what i'm trying to say there it's sort of like that wouldn't even get there that falls below anything that i'm i'm going to review negative one star <laughs> Negative, negative one star is a book that's not been published. So, yeah, all, all of my fiction so far Even is if negative. Even it's a really good one? Yeah, well, I've had some good feedback so far with my fiction, but uh, uh, from, from, the, from the first review, from not the reviewers, from the first readers, um, my brother read it and he was like, oh, it's much better than I expected. And I'm like, oh, that's great. <laughs> it's, it's a good review. Or um, that could be a slam depending on you. I yeah, well, I, I don't know. It's, it's as a first completed novel, or as a first, like, yeah. yeah, finished. Well, it's not finished. I still got to do another probably two edits on it, but uh, I'll release that later on this year. Probably as just as a as a ebook or, but, you know, I. I think I'm not. If you re- if you listen to any of my podcasts, when it gets to the point where I'm reading something out of a book or reading something from notes, I'm terrible at reading like out loud. Uh, and and sort of yeah, just doing stuff. So that's that's really that would be probably bad for me. What about your just, girlfriend? Has she got a better reading voice? Uh, she has got a good. Probably not because she's German. So uh, so when she uh, when she's talking, she'll uh, I, I think she'd struggle with quite a lot of it and wouldn't oh. be interested in the slightest. I don't think. Oh. Um. So, but yeah, maybe I'll I'll get somebody else to read it, or maybe I'll just, I don't know. I, to be honest, as I don't think it would work very well as a podcast 
book or as an audio book, maybe as an audio book, but as a podcast book, it, it's sort of uh, the, fir- the first novel that I've written. I, I, it wouldn't work because it's, it has multiple viewpoints and it's quite a complex story. So I think you've got to sit down and read it in, as a set, just because it's quite a complex book. As, actually, to be honest, as a first novel, it's uh, probably a bit too ambitious. Or maybe not too ambitious. It's, it's very ambitious as a first novel, but I had to write, re- write something that I was interested in writing or if I was interested in reading it. Uh, for example, the, the, um, the use of weapons, Ian M. Banks' use of weapons, was actually written as one of his first ever novels, but then it was sort of his fourth novel that he released, uh, first fourth science fiction, because it took him that long to actually be confident enough to like uh, dust it off and write it again, I think. Uh, and I think that novel my first novel might be something i'm not saying it's anywhere near as good as that of <laughs> course but that that same kind of complexity of of different kind of weaving kind of stuff you know lots of stuff going on at the same time so uh, but i don't know maybe people are like it see how it goes <laughs> anyway i can't remember what i was going to say oh yeah but as nobody's read it yet it's it's not any stars because you know it hasn't been validated in, in by being published <laughs> I think that's important. I think that's important. It has to go, you know, I, I probably won't read anything that hasn't at least gone through an editor because uh, even though I think I'm going to start reading more ebooks because I, I just mentioned before I downloaded the software Stanza for my iPod Touch and that's, I think that's going to really be great because I've been wanting a, a Kindle or some kind of book reader because I travel a lot. Uh, I mentioned before I'm a professional juggler. I, I, I travel internationally flying once or twice a month. Um, flying you know to like so far i've been to every continent like with my work and that means i i and because I, I love reading it means i i read a lot while i'm traveling but i've always got like four or five books with me and it's really annoying but now i think if i can before i travel i can just load up my ipod with lots of ebooks and uh, and review them on the way it means it'll cut down on my uh, baggage and stuff whereas when i'm at home i've got a really great bookshop around the corner and i can uh, do that and also listening to audio uh, fiction like audio books as well i don't do a lot of that but um, I'm up for it now and then. Short stories I, I like with with uh, with that. I, I don't. I, ca- I can't concentrate long term on a novel. Um, yeah, I like reading novels better than listening to them. That is something that I would like to see catch on as the um, short short novel, like you said, novella length audio. I think that that yeah. is that is great audio. <laughs> you know, the, what like the five five hours to twenty four, hours, two to four hours long. Yeah. That, that's, okay. I love those, and uh, there's so yeah. much material. Um, Audible.com yeah, I think, is putting some out. But. Yeah, I think that's actually the, like, the length of the second book, and I actually wrote that with podcasting in mind. It's actually um, written, alternative chapters are written from two different viewpoints, but it's actually written as two people sitting in a room telling a story to each other about their own, like they've been, they've worked together throughout the story, but they're telling their story to each other, recording it for people to listen to, like a live audience, or not a live audience, but like a pre-recorded audience. So it, yeah. it's almost... A, about two people sitting down and recording a podcast story in the in the future about their story that we've done together. So it's <laughs> great. That, that, so uh, I had that in mind when I was writing it. Um, well, actually, I, I wasn't when I first started it, but about like two chapters in, I'm thinking this would be really great because there's like a male and a female talking to each other, and the two viewpoints would. If you just had two different actors, two different voice actors, each taking the the relevant chapter each, I think that would actually that would actually work quite well. So I'd be more interested in doing that as a podcast or audiobook. Um, and also, I've written in a strange way that each of the authors 
uh, no, each of the viewpoints, they're talking in the first person, but because they're both involved in the story quite a lot, and they're having a conversation with each other, they're saying, um, I did this, and you did that. So there's sort of this weird first person, second person, uh, past tense kind of dual viewpoint going on there, which I've never read before. And again, it's one of these things that's maybe I'm just not good enough writer to do that, but I'm never going to write a story which doesn't interest me in a new way that I've not seen before. So I think that's... Uh, it's valid. Maybe I'm not good enough to pull it off, but I think it's it's uh, commendable that I've 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 tried it, mm-hmm. and we'll see see how that goes. That's um, I get that's going to take a, another six months editing to get ready to put out as well. But I've uh, I've got the whole story wrapped up now and, and finished the first draft of that. Great. So <clears throat> I want to give you a couple uh, books to yeah go for it. Try out. Um, I just you... noticed that you guys didn't do any. Hey, what's been what's new out? What's the new uh, New releases or what's arrived through the post today, uh, kind of thing. Uh, Scott was saying we didn't uh, nothing, yeah, we didn't. No, no new arrivals this week. But right. no, you should, you should probably mention that in, before someone goes. Hey, wait a second! This is an hour-long podcast about <laughs> reviews, not any reviews themselves. It's going to be a bit weird. Well, it's uh, it's introducing them to you. Oh, okay. And uh, talking about reviewing. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I I wanted to I wanted to put a couple in your ear. Um, so one was Kieran Yaga. You you were in Kenya recently. Yes. Uh, have you, have you read uh, Mike Resnick's Kieran Yaga? No, I haven't. I okay. don't think. Have you read Mike any Resnick. Mike Resnick? The name rings a bell, but again, I I have been reading science fiction for you know many many years, fifteen years or so, I guess. So no, he uh, if you oh he's a recent guy. Oh, okay. You wouldn't re- you you would remember because he writes awesome. Uh, awesome. Um, I don't but, think yeah. I don't think he's. I don't think he's written anything that uh, wasn't wasn't six kinds of awesome uh, in some way. Um, and I've written his name down, Mike Resnick. Yeah. So Kieran Yaga is his. Um, he spent some time in Kenya, I guess, um, before writing this. This it's not. It is a novel, but it's. Uh, it was originally serialized as a, a, a whole bunch of separate short, short stories. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess Orson Scott Card came up with an idea, and only the only person who ran with it was uh, Mike Resnick. But uh, I think if you if you give that one a shot, it's definitely science fiction, but it's it uh, does not deal with regular science fiction stuff. Um, okay. And uh, I thought that would be a good one, just based on the fact that you were in Kenya recently, and it's okay. an awesome book. Mike Resnick, mm-hmm. Paradise. I think I read Paradise by Mike Resnick. That I've really. I've not read that one. Uh, the I just looked at his his um, his uh, uh, website and that that uh, the front of the book there the book cover really stands out I think I've read that one so uh, yeah I'll uh, I'll I'll have a uh, I'll I'll keep it there no mm-hmm. but yes it's his website on Safari yes I see the ones on the left hand side here looks interesting yeah he's he's a terrific writer um, oh and uh, the other one I wanted to recommend to you was another Richard Morgan the one that you haven't read. Um, because I think that's actually his best novel, Market what? Forces. Market Forces. No, I've not read it. It's I. It's in the bookshop around the corner, which uh, that's a great thing about where I live. There's just around the corner. There's a a bookshop, and they have a like if they have it half lending, half um, half buying. So if you if you oh. borrow a book, you take it back, and you only pay one euro fifty. And they have like they've got uh, what maybe twenty thousand science fiction fantasy books in the in the cellar down there. So it's a fantastic resource that people say, that's hey, awesome. have you read this? And they don't have all books by all authors, but generally they'll probably have a book by an author that I can check out, you know. And 
so it's it's really great so i don't have to buy um lots of um lots of new fiction there's there's lots of books there and also what i do is every book that i buy new i just take around there and i i trade it in for free rentals if if you understand what i mean mm-hmm. there so yeah it's it's a really great great uh, so resource the reason i think i think uh, market force is is a good good choice is because it's a, i believe it's a little shorter than uh, the other Richard K. Morgan novels or Richard Morgan yeah. novels. Well, I don't mind the length of his books because he I keeps. I think they're the pace. a little. I think they're a little long. Uh, there's a sort of a. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, I think part of your complaint about Black Man uh, Thirteen. Well, oh, that was definitely too long. Is that? Yeah. 13. It's uh, developing, sort of. Uh, uh, it, its story is a little long for, for the number of pages. Yes. <clears throat> uh, or sorry, the. Number of pages is uh, too long for the. I, under- I understood what you meant. <laughs> um, uh, Market Force is a little slimmer, um, and it's. Uh, uh, you 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 had mentioned uh, I think that he recycled one of the names from one of his characters between Altered Carbon and uh, Thirteen. Yeah, I only read it. I only noticed that when I went back and read Altered Carbon again. I I recognized the name Urtikin, who was one of the characters mm-hmm. from something else. Uh, in in Market Forces, um, which is set, I guess, less than 100 years in the future, uh, it's I, I think it's my favorite of his, even though Altered Carbon has a, a lot good going for it. Um, mm. What's good about, the, there's a scene in there where he's, he picks up a paperback novel and, and describes it, and he's just describing Altered Carbon. Um, uh, okay. The main character would be the book, and he talks about how they're, transferring their consciousness from one body to another and he says oh that's that's very science fiction yeah i'm not in the mood for that or something like that Um, (laughs) and and of course altered car uh, no uh, market forces isn't out there kind of science fiction ideas then i guess um i I really don't know anything about satire it's Uh, okay it's richard k morgan's very lefty uh so he's uh, yeah socialist um sort of guy and uh he's really down on um big corporatism and this is a uh sort of a dystopic satire of corporatism um the one thing that you have to go in you know feeling charitable about is that the premise has uh basically it's a mad max style road warrior um urban premise yeah and that if you can get over that um which i think is is very easy to do you give every author should have one Thing you you know for every book you should have one thing that you you will let let in as your premise. I think the rest yep. follows quite nicely. Yeah, and I think as like long that. as it happens at the beginning of the book, not near the end of the book. No, I don't it, mind. it happens that... right. At, you know, it's it's the main. Yeah, it's not it's not a. Yeah, I think Arthur C. Clarke said something about that, isn't it? You're allowed to change. Or I, maybe it wasn't him, but I think it was one of these. Yeah, one it of these sounds big like Clarke in line. Yeah, it says you're allowed. You're allowed one. Gimme. You allow one, yeah, gimme, that is it. Yeah, you allow one gimme, and then after that you've got to start explaining, <laughs> I think is, is probably what he said. But yeah, that's, uh, that's true. That's, uh, that's, that's important. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll check it out, definitely. Uh, I, I won't do it straight away because I, I've, I've reviewed two of his books already and there's other authors that I need to start yeah. getting to. Everyone's uh, going, when are you going to do Stephen Frank Baxter? Here, yeah, I think you'll Baxter. like that one. Stephen Baxter. <laughs> Everyone's going, yeah, sorry, but I have... I have I have Mike Resnick. I'll, I'll see if I can find Mike, Mike, Mike Resnick. Um, and I'll, I'll look up, see if I have read Paradise. Uh, 
before or not. I'm thinking it's something to do with children's heads being chopped off. Although maybe I'm just making that up. Uh, that, uh, that's possible. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read yeah, Paradise. Yeah, I see. Scott, people, got any people. recommendations? Oh, Kieran Yaga is one of my favorite all-time books. So yeah, mine too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. It really is remarkable. Yeah, okay. I'll, uh, I'll look it up. Right. I actually went through a phase of trying to find some, because I travel a lot, I was trying to find um, uh, novels set in or about the places that I've been to, but I gave up quite quickly because it was nobody was sending in any suggestions and uh, and the books that I was reading weren't actually as good as I was expecting. I think it's best just to read fiction that you, that you know is good or that you think might be good, trying to follow themes and, uh, and explore things that way. Well, it Maybe. is nice, though. It is nice when you can find something that fits. Um, yeah, but I, I'm saying if it fits to a place and I like the book and I like the place, that's great. But I'm yeah. not going to read it just because it's about a place, you know. No. Uh, it turns out I was reading the, um, what is it, the, uh, I can't, can't think of the top of my head now. Dum, dum, dum. Uh, let me just look for it. Da, da, da. Oh, yes, of course. It was, uh, it was the, um, now I've lost it again. Well, I can't remember what. No, it was Antarctica. Robinson. Yeah, that's that's a that's a not a great book, but if you ever go into Antarctica, read that book because you learn a lot about it. Uh, uh, I, I can't, oh, William Gibson, Neuromancer, that was one. That's not the one I was going to talk about. That'll do. Yeah, it's like that sort of travels around different places to different places that have been, but in the end, it's sort of like it, it. They didn't have to go there at all, and that's the weird thing about it that they go to they go to Turkey or they go after this place and they, they, then they go somewhere else. And it's like, wow, if the whole world is just a whole dystopian place, it doesn't actually matter where you go to if the, the local culture isn't going to come through in any more than a superficial way, you know, which is, uh, which is a bit... The cheapest city straight. grunge is the same as the, the uh, Istanbul grunge, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's like, oh, they've, they've given the guys different accents and they've given the guys, like, and, and they... Uh, and they have different colors of the buildings and they have different advertisements but at the base of it there's nothing different about it do you understand what i'm saying there I so, do, yeah. and and the book that i read that was set in berlin time station berlin was very little to do with berlin i mean it's obvious that he had never been to berlin right. and and it was just sort of like oh he wanted to do something about the kennedy speech in berlin and that was about it and uh, and in the end it's sort of like okay if you if you're going to write a, a book really about a place it's got to really be about the place it's like what people say about science fiction if if you're going to write it science fiction the science fiction element has to impact the story in a certain way uh so you but, but that, so you don't buy into moon is harsh mistress cuz heinlein's never been the moon <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not the point. That's really not. The point is, if it's a book about oh, we've got to get from this place in Berlin to that place in Berlin, we've only got half an hour to do it in, and I'm looking at it, I'm going, wait a second, I live on that route, no way at all. You know, when it gets to that kind of point, yeah. and that includes crossing the Berlin Wall, at the same, you know, it's, yeah. yeah, it was, um, it was, it was, it sort of stretched it out a bit, you know, a bit past, um, yeah. A bit past likability and believability, and yeah, enjoyability maybe is the better word. I don't know. Enjoyability? Don't know. Right. Whereas then the day of the Triffids, if that wasn't set in in London or if it wasn't set in in the UK, sort of like the whole style of the book wouldn't work at all, you know, because it's a very British kind of apocalypse yeah, that takes place. Yeah, it does feel sort of British, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's sort of like oh, very British, and the whole culture that they're talking about and the whole themes that they explore about. Okay, if society collapses, what about religion? What about women? And all these different kind of things they talk about it was very much sort of like British nineteen forties, nineteen fifties kind of 
stuff that was going on there. So there, there's the, there's the contrast between the two the two places, I guess, or the two kind of things. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.